we set our eyes upon you. There's no one like you. Your beauty is unmatched. Your grace. sustains us. Your love, it empowers us. Jesus, we look to you. There is none like you. John 17. Jesus says these words as we're as we were just saying, all is for your glory. There's a glory that we get to give to the Father as He created us to glorify Him. As the creator looks at his masterpiece, he says, ah, that is so beautiful. When I put my life in it, when I put my spirit in each person who's a masterpiece, created in Christ for the good works, as it talks about in Ephesians 2.10. And I was seeing this, this masterpiece that the Father has created in each one of us. And it's through Christ that we become this masterpiece with the Holy Spirit empowering us for the very things that we've been created for. It says that we've been created for good works. It's the very purpose of our life, not just to sit back and do nothing, but to engage, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to accomplish the very things that each masterpiece was created for, different works, different things. Never to look at someone else and go, well, I want, I want to do what they're doing. No, <laughs> you're created for the very thing that the master created you for, that the creator created you for. And you only know that in that place of, of laying down our lives as that living sacrifice. It's in that laying down. It's only in the laying down that says you become holy, pleasing. This is that pleasing act of worship to the Father. And in that, it says we begin to understand and know his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for each one of us. We begin to know who we are as we lay our lives down in him. 
transformed into his likeness. It's that renewing of our mind. We become transformed. But it requires the first step, a living sacrifice, surrendering everything to him. We're just talking. You can't. And Peter talks about casting your anxiety, casting your fears, casting your cares. In first, it's First Peter five seven. Talks about casting these fears and these cares upon Him, for He cares for us. It's a. It's a surrendering, though. What we try to do is hold on to our lives and just get rid of the fear of our life. But there's a, there's a yoking with him. There's a surrendering of our, of our own things or laying down our own burdens and the, the things that we're holding on to. And until we completely let go of those things, we can't yoke up with Jesus. We can't yoke up with him because we're still yoked to those other things. You can't, you can't be double-minded. You'll be tossed and turned by the waves. You can't have your heart in two places. He asked for a wholehearted devotion to him. In John 17, Jesus says these words. He says, I've brought you glory He's talking to the Father on earth. How did he bring him glory on earth? It says, by completing the work that you gave me to do. Lord, I thank you that we give you glory when we, as your masterpiece, actually complete the work that you created us to do. So may we surrender our own ways, our own ideals and, and thoughts of how things need to happen and what we need to do in life and the successes of this world, the pleasures of this world, the things that choke out the fruitfulness of life. May we surrender those things to you and with a wholehearted devotion May we come into the very perfect plan, the purposes that we have, that you've actually set before us. And then you say, you don't have to do it alone. You're not meant to do it alone. You're meant to walk in step with my spirit. I'm going to remove that heart of stone and I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh. I'm going to breathe my Holy Spirit into you to empower you, strengthen you, encourage you, give you life as you walk now in the light, in my ways, in my love. Becomes a rhythm of his love. His way is so much better than our way. In Luke 5, I just felt like just to kind of walk through this for a second and then we'll move on. But I, I just, in this place of surrender, 
have Jesus and he's, he's standing at the Sea of Galilee. And there's a crowd around him and they're listening to him speak. He's speaking the word of God. And he sees at the water's edge, he sees these two boats. And, uh, they're left by the fishermen, by John and Peter and the group that's there. James, uh, and they're, they're washing their nets, and, and he hops into one of the boats, and the one that belongs to Simon, Peter, of course, gets into Peter's boat, and he says, hey, take me out from the shore, and he begins to, to teach the people off the shore, he's off a hundred yards or less than that. I think he's, I don't know, doesn't say, but I, I think he's off enough that it's that actually his sound can echo right off of the, of the water. And he's speaking to the crowd there. It says that when he had finished speaking, he looks to, to Simon Peter. He goes, Peter, I want you to go out into the deep water and I want you to let your nets down for a catch. Now he's done this just after preaching the kingdom of heaven, just after preaching the kingdom of God. And there's a stirring in people's hearts. There's a stirring in their spirit that they're going, there's something here. He tells Peter, go cast your nets. And Peter goes, Master, We've worked hard all night. We haven't caught a thing. This is their, his ways, his understanding. He's telling Jesus there's, there's no way we're going to catch anything. We've already done it. We've already done this whole thing that you're telling us to do. But he says something that's very profound. He says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Regardless of, of what the, the result is, I'm going to do it because you told me to. And I feel like there's a, for some of us even tonight, that you're in this place right now where you're like, God, I've been doing this stuff for you and just not seeing things come and they're to fruition. They're not... They're not happening the way that I thought they would happen. And I feel like there's this pause that just needs to happen. And, and you're going to hear the very words of the Lord. He's going to show you exactly what to do. But it's likely not going to make sense. And you'll probably have that same conversation. Lord, I've done this. It doesn't work. <laughs> but for whoever that is and it's more than one I feel like there's some of you right now you're in this like almost feeling a heaviness and the Lord's saying here's what I want you to do and I feel like you're, you're there's, a, there's a battle right now ah, I've tried it it doesn't work but because you say so I'll do it. I'll do it again. I'll go out and I'll put the net in there. 
It says, and when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signal for their partners on the other boats, and they say, hey, we need your help. Come around. <laughs> There's so much fish here, more than, more than we can possibly handle in their boat. The largest catch that they've ever caught in their life. All of a sudden, after catching nothing all day, it doesn't make sense. But because you say so, I'll do it. And it says, when Simon Peter saw this, you got to imagine. And I feel like this is that place that we can get to sometimes where we're overwhelmed by the things of this world. But when we listen to the Holy Spirit lead us into things that don't make sense, and then you watch what he does there's an overwhelming sense that of just his love, of just his goodness. It's the very thing when Moses says, show me your glory. And God goes, ha, I'll show you my goodness. And right here, Jesus just showed Peter his goodness. And I think Sometimes we'd think, well, wow, that's, that's amazing. Peter should have just taken that large catch and cashed it in. And, man, this would have helped his 401K. He would have been in a, in a great place now. Uh, he was, you know, if you've watched The Chosen, he was, he was struggling financially before that. <laughs> and now he had the largest catch. He was going to be okay. He was going to have all the money he needed. And this is what he did. He kneels at the feet of Jesus. And there's that sense at first of that unworthiness, saying, God, I'm, I'm a sinful man. I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve what you're giving me. And Jesus does this. He goes, don't be afraid, Simon. And then he speaks destiny into him. He speaks the very will of God into his life. I have a plan for you. And it goes way beyond catching fish. So, Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He spoke purpose, destiny, and life into Simon Peter. And there's something that, that hit his heart right then. And all of the things that were so important to him, he spent the entire day trying to catch fish. It was, it was his entire life. It was centered around fishing, around the boats. And in that very moment, he does this. It says, so they pulled their boats up on the shore. They left everything, and they followed him. There is a calling right now. Right now in this very moment, but also just now, in this time, in this, this time that we're in right now where the Lord is saying, I'm calling you out. 
no longer live by your ways, but to see me, to see who I am, and to walk in my ways. And I feel like the Lord is going to speak into the hearts of people, and is already doing so. And there's a stirring in our spirit that goes, that's who I am. That's what I'm created for. And then this place of being overwhelmed by the goodness of God, that we would be willing to lay down the very things that we've been living for all our life, that we've been focusing on and going after all our life. Instead of continuing with the boats and now probably being able to buy more boats and, and have more workers and with this amazing catch, he laid it all down right there. In the moment of his greatest catch, he gave it all up and said, I'll follow you. Lord, it is all for your glory. That we would lay down our own plans, our own purposes and our the things that we think that we're to do in life, to be successful in life. Our only purpose in life is to do the will of the Father, the very thing that you call us to do. And that's what gives you glory. So Lord, I pray then that we would encounter your goodness that we would experience and see and know the goodness of the Lord, that we would taste and see the goodness of God in the land of the living, in the place where we are right now, that we would know that goodness and that that would overwhelm us or that you would capture our hearts, that this weariness and this, the burdens that we carry and the the things that we're holding on to that we would say, we lay them all down. We cast them before you. Your yoke is so easy. and Your burden, it's light. You carry it for us. You put your spirit in us. But it requires that we yoke completely with you. Break off the yokes and the chains of this world that so easily entangle us, Lord. May we throw those things off. Lord, it's a new day. and We are called to run, to run with you, to run with grace, to run empowered by you, the race that is set before us with our eyes on you, Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. May we gaze upon your beauty, Lord. Every day, morning, day, night. I feel like sometimes we gaze upon the TV more than we gaze upon his beauty. <laughs> Lord, may we gaze upon your beauty. It's as we see you that we become like you. We're called to be like you called to be one with you. 
that we take on the very nature and the character of Christ. And we say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Come with me. You call us to snatch people out of the fire, to give mercy and grace to those around us, to speak your love into the hearts of people. May we be those. May we be your light. May we be fishers of men. So, Lord, we love you. Who? Thank you. Thank you for the calling in each person's life. I thank you that even tonight, I just pray that, just feel that even now, like just, I'm actually going to, I was going to just stop and I, I feel like, the Lord's going to speak to us right now. Just close your eyes. I feel like he's going to engage your heart and even reveal some things right now of who you are, who you're created for, speaking directly to you. So, Lord Jesus, you created us in your image, that we would be like you. But we're created as a masterpiece with specific works, specific things that you have for us. I ask that just as you did with Simon Peter, Lord, that you would speak into the hearts of each person. And for those of you who just say, I, I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. I've never heard God talk to me. Just be quiet. Just be still. He'll speak to you. He loves to speak to us. It's often in the busyness and all the things going on and all the things spinning in our head constantly looking at our phones, checking emails. If you have a watch, it's even worse because <laughs> it's constantly buzzing. You're looking at it. I just pray for that. that we would just silence our minds and open our hearts to hear your voice right now. that you would speak to us individually. Father to son, father to daughter. Revealing your very plans and your purposes right now. As we open our hearts.
Lord, you say that those that wait upon you, you'll renew their strength. May we wait upon you. May we come into that oneness with you. As we entwine our lives with you, as we twist our lives into you. And in that, we, we actually lay down our lives, take hold of yours. And in that, we become one. That's waiting upon the Lord. And in that, you renew our strength. You empower us and strengthen us for life. You give us all we need, the divine power for life and godliness. As it says in 2 Peter, we have it. It's in us by the Spirit. So I thank you for the divine power for life and to walk in the holiness that we're called to walk, to walk in the godliness. consecrated lives, set apart unto you, separated from the things of this world. In that, you give us the perseverance. <laughs> For those who are struggling, hear these words in James. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greater, the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, There is a, this is that testing that comes in our life that, that actually strengthens us. When all is good, when all is just running smoothly, there's no strength that is built within us. There's no faith required. There's no, there's nothing that draws us and drives us to the Lord. But when the difficulties come, this is where it says, now... Now your faith is being tested. And it says in that testing, it stirs up power within you to endure and to persevere through all things. And I was, I was just reading this earlier. and This is, I believe, is one of the best definitions of perseverance. Perseverance is the power within you by the Holy Spirit to endure all things. Perseverance isn't something that we have on our own. It's actually something that comes through the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we think, I gotta persevere. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that 
in these testings, in these trials, in these tribulations, in these struggles, in the things that we face, as we lay them down as, as, and as we take hold of you, as we walk by faith and not by sight, with our eyes not set on the, the storms and not things that, that we see in the natural, but we say, God, we, we look to you in the midst of the storm. You give us peace in the midst of the storm. And as we set our hearts upon you and we walk in that place of faith, which never makes sense, but it's spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear the very thing that you by the Spirit are speaking to us, now there's a strengthening by the Holy Spirit. Faith engages grace. The very thing of the Holy Spirit that now now we have that endurance by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to have that patient endurance, perseverance. And in that, it says, when you, your endurance grows in this, it grows even stronger, and it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. This is that where it says in Romans 5, it says perseverance. Out of perseverance becomes character and character hope. That's what this is referring to. That perseverance strengthens our character and then we hold on to the hope. And then right after that it says, and and the love of God, he pours himself out into our hearts, and he does this by the Holy Spirit. That's our strength. So, Lord, I thank you that you're, you're revealing and releasing. You're revealing our plans and purposes on this earth to give you glory. And you're releasing your Holy Spirit to move on the inside of us and empower us and give us the power to endure, to have this perseverance. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, it says that we actually would have God's love and Christ's perseverance in life. That perseverance is the Holy Spirit empowering. So would you empower us, Holy Spirit? Strengthen us. Give us all that we need. It is a new day of destiny for us. Today is our day. We were created for such a time as this, made for this time, built for this, to be empowered by your Spirit. So may we lay down our boats, our nets, May we walk from those things and say yes to the very plan and purpose you have for our life, the fullness of life. Now's the time.
wasn't the plan, but that's his plan. <laughs> ah. I went off plan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We always say, you know, we make our plans, but God establishes our steps. So. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Um, wow. Let me just, I, I just want to, yeah, bring Sarah up real quick. I just, before I forget, um, actually, maybe, maybe we should do it right at the end just so it doesn't take us off. Let me, so we just stay in there. Is that okay? At the end, Sarah has, Sarah's going to share something that's really cool and important for next uh, Wednesday. So just don't let me forget. So in like 10 minutes, we'll do that. So don't leave. <laughs> okay. Um, Tracy, do you want to come up and I don't know if I should share that or not, this, or just stay. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go off plan, too. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, I had something completely prepared, but I had no idea. We, we don't talk. Like, we just leave this up to the Lord. We go back, we pray, and we just come out. I didn't know that you were going to go into uh, Peter and the boat, and you didn't know either. There you go. Um, wow. Um, for those of you that were here maybe Sunday, I had a dream last Friday about fish. I, I was going to mention that, but this is, there's something on here that just happened last night and today. I think that will, yeah, it will blow your mind. It just came in like via like Facebook Messenger. From Is Greg here, by the way? Big Greg? Greg Lowe? He usually sits right there, yeah. Anyway, I'll explain that in a moment. So um, for those of you that weren't here Sunday or maybe you were, Last Friday uh, morning when I woke up, I had a dream. And I wasn't going to go this route. I was going to talk about don't grow weary in doing good <laughs> and then talk about a lot of other things kind of that pertain to <laughs> Mike's email that he sent out today, but I'm not going to go there. So in this dream, though, there was this tank, and we, it seemed to be what was like a fish hatchery. And there was a tank that was about 20 feet by 20 feet. And this tank came up to about the waist, so we're, like, looking in. And the tank is completely surrounded by people, like shoulder to shoulder or arm to arm. And we were all looking in this tank, and there were fish. Like, you couldn't see the bottom. There were so many fish. They were, like, you ever see, like, a pool of, like, in a fish tank? Like, I don't know. It was just, you couldn't see the bottom. You couldn't see anything. It was so many fish in, in, the, in the tank. And it was like super quiet and it was tranquil and there was nobody speaking or anything, nothing was going on. And then all of a sudden the fish started jumping out of the water and they weren't jumping like straight up. They started to come out of the, the tank. They started jumping. I don't know if anybody, is anybody, the only thing I can relate this to, you ever watch one of those videos where the boat's going like down a river, those funny videos and the fish, I don't know if they're, they try to, yeah, and they, sometimes they, they put the electric thing in the water and it shocks them and they get up. I don't know if that's why they do that or I, I think that's an illegal way of fishing. But, um, but, but they're coming and there's guys like getting hit in the head and there's like, there's like 100 fish in the air at one time, literally. And they're like, people are getting pelted with them and they're landing. In the, that's what it was like. 
that, that's literally what it was like. I, I, there were so many fish. They were like whizzing by my face, and they were going through people. Well, people started to take off their shoes to try to catch the fish. And then people started to take their shirts off and use them as like nets, and were trying to like catch the fish. And my point on Sunday, and, and when I got up to share this, I felt two things um, very, very strongly. I felt, one, I felt like we are so ill-prepared. I, I just can't even explain. I've like, it's almost like we showed up to build a house, and there's literally no wood, there's no cement, there's no tools, there's no nails, there's nothing. I mean, I literally felt that ill-prepared in this moment. The, other, the second thing I felt was uh, this sense of urgency. Like, it is coming. Like, I just, like, felt this thing when I woke up. I just started weeping. But, but I was just like, it just stirred this urgency inside of me that, that it's here and it's coming. And are you ready? And I remember all the things about prepare, 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 and all the preparation words that Mike and I and others have been, uh, been speaking of. Um, I won't go any further into that because I know we're kind of, I want to leave some time here as well. I think Mike does too, but for a couple things at the end, but I'm just going to share. So Greg sent this to me last night. This is like at like 10 p.m. last night. He goes, so, with a big exclamation point. And this is Greg who doesn't, he's a happy guy, but he doesn't get, you know, too excited. I don't think he has many dreams. I don't know. Um, I know he did have an encounter with the Lord, and he hasn't been the same since. So he said, so I had a dream. You and Mike can do a Bible study in the PM targeting the high school kids. He's talking about at the gym, I think, at this point. You are two incarnate sons of thunder, James and John. That's where the kids need you, at Balance, at Balance Fitness, that is. So for those of you that don't know, we, we had a Bible study there. We, pray. we don't even... <laughs> We can go for a workout and we can be there three hours and only get like a quarter of a workout in. I mean, we're praying for people. Yeah, that's what I was going to go. We're either praying for people, we're laying hands on people, people are getting healed. It's been, it's a lot of fun. So, and sometimes Mike gets into conversations and I just kind of keep moving. I keep working out. Otherwise I might not get a workout in at, at all. <laughs> He said, and I responded to him, I go, wow, I want to hear more, yada, yada, yada. And so then he says, let's talk. You have more power than you know. I thought James and John were thunder and lightning. You and Mike are the gods of thunder. I don't, I'm not reading this to boost my ego or Mike's or any, but I'm trying to get to this point where he says this. As what he speaks to, please, as what you do speaks to the one that left the other. So I'm going to coordinate a fisher of men. Bible study. My friend has four stocked large ponds with huge fish. This is a way to bring the youth in. By the way, for those of you that don't know, those fish that were in the pond are sons and daughters, unbelievers. That's the harvest, yeah. That's the next generation that we've been crying out for. And then this morning, he sends me another one. And JR, I think you were there. He says, as you know, there's FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Even yesterday in the gym at three, JR was the another, overheard another kid, overheard our generic conversation. He knew me from growing up, et cetera, et cetera. So he's back on this. And he said at the end, but I feel that spiritual revival is upon us. Now, this is a, 
Yeah. That's not Greg's normal language, I can tell you that. I, I don't know what the dream is about even. I haven't talked to him. I, we just had this Facebook Messenger conversation um, uh, back and forth, yeah, between last night and this morning. So um, I want to encourage you. Like, I want to encourage you. Um, there's, I've, I've walked through some things. Mike's, we've all walked through things. But I'm telling you, for the first time after having this dream, like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. I get it. It's coming. Yeah, we're preparing. But this is like, it was like tangible. Almost like, um, you know, <laughs> like you're, it's a hot summer day, and, and you don't know you're, you can quench your thirst until you have a large thermos of, like, lemonade or tea sitting on the, right? And then it's tangible. You can see it. You can taste it. You can feel it, right? That this refreshing or this thing that you need or this thing that's coming. That's how I felt. I'm like, it is so here. It was like right in front of my face. And I feel like we're in this season, not just of preparing, but but of going deeper. Like going deeper and the things that Mike was just talking about, like, and um, we, things that were on my notes to, to actually talk about tonight, which is just, which is that heart of surrender. That heart of surrender and laying it all down at the altar and saying, God, here I am. How do you want to use me today? How do you want to use me today? I, there ain't, there's not much more. I mean, I, I could start prophesying and man, I, I got, there's a lot more I got inside of me, but I know we have time and I would love for you to share this because that, that is super cool. Is that what you're going to share? Yeah. Okay. So let's do that. Let's have Mike do that, and I think we'll uh, we'll see where the Lord Lord goes with it. We'll finish with this, and then I want to make sure Sarah comes up. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, if you're here, maybe a month and uh, a little over a month ago, I was sharing on the uh, the Zuzu Street revival and just some things that that uh, that we were the Lord was just showing us and. Uh, it was really, it was just cool, just, uh, I think, stirring our hearts. Well, I hadn't picked up the books, this little book since. It's called The Power to Change the World, the Welsh and the Azusa Street Revival. Part one is the Welsh, Revi- Welsh Revival, and part two is the Azusa Street. Well, I never read through the Welsh Revival. I just kind of picked up and started reading about the Azusa Street Revival. And, and, uh, but I had the book in my bag, and... Um, I kept feeling that I was supposed to pick it back up and just look at it. And so this morning, I was like, all right, I'll I just, you know, you get that, like, kind of that prompting. The Lord's like, like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And so this morning, I just picked it up. I was like, all right, Lord, I'm sure there's something good in here. And this is Rick Joyner, by the way. He's, he's, he's a great author and uh, really, I feel like, in tune with the Spirit. And, um, and so... If you remember, maybe you don't know, uh, a week ago on Friday, I had an encounter with the Lord where I came in just preparing to, or to prepare my, the message and what the Lord had and ended up out on my face, weeping, crying for hours, like not my normal preparation with the Lord, <laughs> something I've actually never uh, gone through in my life. And, uh, but it was almost, 
it was a uh, it was a really a travail. But um, and in that, as I caught my breath towards the end, I don't know how long I was in there for hours. Um, the Lord began to download some things, and and one of the things I haven't shared at all, but one of the things that that I shared was that I saw these two waves. I saw a first wave that was going to come, and uh, and it was going to hit, and and there was a warning in it to, to not let this wave overcome us in the in the sense that this was it was a outpouring of the spirit, but that we didn't go, oh, this is it, this is what we've been waiting for. And then we get caught up in the wave so much that we actually don't do the very thing we're called to do in that wave. And the Lord said, this is a preparation wave. This is a building wave. It's a big wave. And you're going to feel my presence. You're going to feel my spirit. But, but stay on task for the things that I have for you. And I'm going to empower you in amazing ways. There's going to be people that come into the kingdom like we've never seen before. But this is the first wave. And that there is a following wave that is going to be much bigger and so this is what I shared. I shared it two weeks ago, right after it happened, and then I shared it last Sunday a little bit. Marcus had me share it a little bit more. Um, and and uh, there was a lot more that I spoke into about that. But I want you to hear this. I, so I get up this morning, I open this book up, and this is what I start reading. So note, I haven't read this, because you're going to think, well, your story is like exactly like this. <laughs> I hadn't read this uh, until this morning. This is what it says. Rick Joyner. Every time the Lord has shown me this coming harvest, he has shown it to me in two great waves. There are many more than, than or there may be more than two waves coming, but I know that there are at least two. And I've often said the first wave will be so great that almost everyone will believe it is, in fact, the great harvest that is at the end of the age. However, there is at least one more wave coming that will be much greater. So here's the warning. Don't get caught in that wave because there is another wave coming. The millions of new believers that will or possibly have already come on this first wave are all called the labors. What did we talk about on Sunday? <laughs> labors, uh, workers, like that we're calling in the labors and workers. And this is what we were saying is this first wave is to establish the workers, the labors. This is going to be the next generation that is raised up. This is the prodigals coming in. It's just crazy. So I'm reading this this morning. Uh, they are called the labors. Uh, in the second wave. <laughs> These people must be properly equipped and prepared for the greater wave. <laughs> I mean, it's almost word for word. We must fulfill the Ephesians 4 mandate to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. The present structure of the typical local church, which is more like a spectator sport, than its biblical counterpart, with a few people doing everything and the rest just cheering, they will not survive much longer. The waves of the Spirit that are coming will either badly damage or destroy those who have not faithfully, have not fulfilled this basic mandate of true New Testament ministry. 
this is important that we just, like, I feel he's right on here. Um, this part I didn't have. I just saw the two waves. Uh, I didn't see this part, but it was just a confirmation, and I feel like an extension of, of what the Lord was showing me. Um, this first wave of revival that is coming on the church will be a blessing only to the churches that have been using their time wisely and have been truly equipping the saints to do the work of the service. This wave will actually be judgment on every ministry which has not been properly equipping its people or has spent time dreaming, has spent more time dreaming than preparing. And I don't know that I would call it judgment. I would actually call it mercy because I believe what the Lord is going to do is he's going to destroy and break up some of those structures that are man-made. Not so that man, these, not so that they're destroyed, but so that they don't focus on the man-made structures and they begin to engage in the things of the Lord. I feel like there's a second chance for those that are not right now like following in, in the plans and preparing the, the way for the Lord of, of what he wants to do in this next wave. So I don't see it. That's, I guess, the one area. I don't feel like it's a judgment. I feel like it's, it's his love and his mercy that he would actually do that. Because if he doesn't do it and, and we continue to walk in our own ways, uh, <laughs> that's not what a father does, you know, as he talks about in Hebrews 12. Like, he actually disciplines those that he loves. He disciplines his children. Uh, I'm going to jump forward. It says this. I'll just read this last part. It says, like sharks, the devil and his minions will swarm toward a move of God to try to pick off anyone he can in an effort to chase the rest away too. Why would the Lord allow such a thing? Because true spiritual advances can never go far if there are many fearful and timid people there. It takes the greatest faith and courage to be part of a true revival. For those who are led by the Spirit, who walk by faith rather than fear, rather than sight, sight and fear kind of go hand in hand, uh, to experience even a short ride with the Holy Spirit is worth risking everything. Those who are not willing to risk are not ready for revival. Uh, <laughs> so, I, 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 this is where I feel like the Lord is, is, is really engaging us in this season to, first off, to lay down our own agendas, our own plans, that he has a greater plan for us. And then even as he's raising up, and Marcus talked about on Sunday, we're, 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 we're asking the Lord for laborers and for workers. And, and who's the first one? When we ask for that, who's he going to engage? You. <laughs> it's that, Lord, bring in the laborers and the workers. And he goes, okay. Next thing is, who will go for me? And our response is, oh, here am I. Send me. I'll be your labor. I'll be your worker. He's raising up the laborers, the workers, those that are the, uh, uh, the shepherds, and also we call it the mothers and the fathers. There's many teachers. You got 10,000 guardians or 10,000 teachers, Paul, Paul says this, but very few fathers. 
And in this season, he's raising up those that will be fathers, that will actually, those that, that care for the flock. Teachers are great. They teach. They come and go. At the end of the day, it's like they could really care less. They're just getting their message out. They're doing their part. It's not that, that we don't have teachers, but we have to have mothers and fathers that actually tend to the flock, care for those. It's the very words of Jesus to John. I mean, uh, to, to Peter at the very end of John, where he says, do you love me? Peter's like, yeah, I love you. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. This is what he's calling us to in this, I believe, in this season. And we are in the last times. We're in the times where it says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The days are short. The days are almost coming to an end here. And, and, we, and people say, well, it, you know, we don't know when Jesus is going to come. No, we don't. But, but our life on this earth is about over. <laughs> it, it comes and it goes. So our time is short on this earth, and this is where we make the most of every opportunity. We know, we know we're in the end times. The Word speaks to it. We don't know when, God's, when Jesus is coming back. Uh, but we know we have a mandate. We know... This is the very plan that the Lord has for us, that we would be fishers of men, that we go after it. And, uh, but I do feel that this wave, we're going to experience this wave in our lifetime. Uh, and whether it comes in a week or whether it comes in 10 years, I, I don't know. I believe, I believe it it's going to come in a Kairos time. It's not a time that's preset. It's based on, it's based on how we respond. Uh, and and it's that in that hunger and that thirst when there's when there is the preparations are made in hearts and people are ready, he goes now's the time now's the Kairos time to release what I have to release. So, uh, yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> Sarah, can you run up? I want I want you just to share this real quick. Uh, next week. This is pretty cool. We had uh, another pastor that uh, we were running with, one of the 400 uh, that are coming together um, in the 400 gathering. Um, his name is Nicholas Barda, and he's up north. He's with uh, Abba's Table. And he called me the other day and said, uh, really feeling like there is a regional move uh, with there's, as revival is coming uh, that we are, we need to focus on the next generation. I was like, ha, <laughs> we're on board. Yes, <laughs> we completely agree. This is what the Lord is leading us to. And he said, well, there's, there's a lady um, that I, she's coming into town, and I feel like she's supposed to speak regionally for the churches. We need to gather the churches together. And um, I said, okay, we'll do it. Uh, I said, we could do it on a Wednesday night and uh, just live stream it. And he said, well... Actually, the, the week that she's here, we can't have it at our church. Can we have it at your church? So I was like, absolutely. So next Wednesday, right here, they're go we're going to have a regional gathering. And this is really her focus is on raising up the next generation. And so Sarah's actually good friends with her, knows her well. And I was just going to have her just share for a minute just about who. Her name is Lisa Max. So... Yeah, so I've known Lisa about seven years, and she's just become a good friend of mine. She's also just really anointed to 
help people hear the Holy Spirit and has helped me tremendously in hearing the Holy Spirit in my parenting and just helping um, nip things in the bud as they come up with your children so they don't carry things and teaching your children how to hear the Holy Spirit and just empowering them to be living kingdom even at very young ages. And so I just want to encourage all of you to come, and um, whether you have children or not, if you're discipling anybody, she will give you tools that you can use in your discipling. Um, I actually went, she went to Nicholas's church about a month ago or so, and I went to that, and it was a really interactive church service. It was awesome. Like, she just engaged. She had her children up, and they ministered, and She's, she's just been raising up her children um, to come alongside her in her ministry as well. So just super encouraging and powerful what she's been doing. Awesome. And it's for all ages. If you have children, if you don't have children, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, and by the way, our youth, the youth is going to actually be joining us next week in here. So um, we'll have the youth in here. We'll have... Uh, I know Abba's table, they'll be coming down here, and we might have other churches here, and then we're also going to live stream it uh, so that people, other churches that are partnering with this can watch it uh, online as well from, from their church. So it'll be a sweet time. Yeah, and if you're not already, um, she has a Facebook group called Let the Children Fly. So join that. There's over 14,000 people on there. So, um, But she has tons of free resources She's very relevant with um, topics, and um, you can just search for any topic, and she has tons of videos. She has encounters that you can do with your family, so lots of free resources there as well. Yeah, let the children fly. Yeah. But put a seatbelt on. Um, also, I sent in the email that I sent out today, this afternoon, there is a video from her uh, talking about specifically about what she's coming here to do uh, next Wednesday. Uh, so if you are getting the emails, uh, you can click on that and watch the video. If you're not getting the emails, email us at family at the rock.org and uh, we'll get you on the email list and, and we can get the email out to you. So Tracy, close us in prayer and then... Uh, and then if you have, I know some of you are going to have to pick up kids if you have children, um, but I would, I would just ask, if, take another minute if you can, or five minutes, and just pray maybe with the people next to you. Uh, just, what we, just I feel like what we just went into here and um, just about engaging fully with the Holy Spirit in, in, in this time. Sometimes it's just like we can speak it, you can hear it, but there's something powerful about your response about even just that that yes it's like it's you know it says in in first corinthians it says all god's promises are yes in christ to the spoken amen and that's our response and amen which means let it be so <laughs> so it's that as as we respond to the very things that the lord's stirring in our hearts and they're even being spoken i feel like there's power in the response of just saying, amen, let it be so in my life. So if you have, if you can, hold for a few minutes, maybe just with the people around you, 
um, and just engage in just that prayer of just saying, God, yes, to the very things that the Lord's putting on your heart. So Tracy closes. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for what's taking place throughout the earth right now, Lord. To the, in the world's eyes, it may look like absolute chaos, but God, actually, some days it makes more sense when I just draw near to you. <laughs> and you begin to reveal what's really behind the curtain, what's really taking place. Your word says that you go before us in all things. So, God, I thank you that you're going before us, preparing a path, preparing a way, Lord. God, and I thank you for the preparation that's taking place. We're in that first wave of preparation, Lord. God, I thank you that you're sending the generations, Lord. We thank you that you're sending the young ones, Lord. We thank you that you're sending the lost ones, Lord. God, even as uh, Mike's email today, Lord, I, God, I thank you that even in doing good, Lord, that we would not grow weary, Lord. Because your word says in 1 Corinthians, Lord, that that your promise, your promise to us is that come to me, all of you who are weary, <laughs> that may be heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest doesn't mean we, we operate or work less, Lord. It just means that we're in an operation <laughs> in a place of peace, in a place of rest. So, Lord, I thank you for that, that we can walk the preparation out, Lord. And we may be moving very quickly, doing a lot of things, and keeping a lot of big balls in the air, Lord, but you, Lord, will allow us to be in a place of peace, God, that protects our mind and our heart and allows us, God, to, to operate from this place of rest, Lord. Because when we're in a place of rest, God, we can dream again. We can hear your voice, Lord. We can, we can hear your instruction for what's next in the preparation. So, Lord, I do. I thank you for what's taking place. I thank you for the revival that's upon us, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're preparing hearts, going before us, clearing the path, making a way, shining light on the path. So, God, we do not trip, so that we do not stumble, that we do not strike our foot on a stone. God, we just thank you for that. I thank you that you're convicting hearts right here tonight, Lord, and those that are watching online, God, that you're convicting hearts, Lord, for your children to be all in, your sons and your daughters and your mothers and your fathers, Lord, to be all in, Lord, to engage you with everything they are. In the mighty loving name of Jesus, amen.